Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. We have not answered questions of yours for some time. So, we're going to have Twitter Thursday on a Tuesday. So, it is Twitter Tuesday, and I am buzzing through my timeline right now. Yo, Finns asked me, Jay Cutler, over under 25 TDs with the Finns. I got to go over on that. Uh, I mean, I think he's a high-quality guy in a good offense that he's familiar with. I like the weapons. I'm a little concerned about the Ajayi uh, concussion that already occurred. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to go over on that. I mean, not by leaps and bounds. I don't think he's going to have 40, but, I mean, I think he's in the 28 to 30 neighborhood. Has a quality year for you. Um, Again, he's a better player, I think, than people realize. Alan Samson asks, who is the biggest bust you think would have been successful if he had landed in a different place? Um, give me, who are some options there? Like Todd Gurley comes to mind immediately, um, but I don't think he's a bust. Um, I don't know. I mean, why aren't I coming up with any off the top of my head here? So let me think. One that I'm not sure that I've told you guys about or talked about is Morris Claiborne, who's now with the Jets. Um, If you recall, remember Dallas, they signed Carr in the free agent market to big money, and then the draft rolled around and they moved up heavily in the draft to go get Claiborne out of LSU. I think he ended up going like sixth overall. Love the kid coming out of school. And the reasoning for doing so was, we're going to play a ton of man coverage. Um, We need high-end corners. We don't mind paying for them. And so for the first year, he looked okay. And then they fired their offense-defense coordinator and went to a Rod Marinelli um, Tampa 2 almost the rest of his career. Those kind of things, people listening to me have to realize those kind of things make me insane. Like, let's dedicate a whole offseason to go getting man coverage corners and uh, next year or the year after, we'll just scrap that. You know, let's just play a lot of zone. You know, that's because we got a new coordinator. Yeah, we didn't have a great year with, you know, I think it was Rex, Rob Ryan. Um, so we're just going to do that. And last year, and contrary to popular belief, the Cowboys are playing more and more man coverage of late. And Claiborne looked better and better. <laughs> you know, so you, you draft them to do... To me, that's my like my biggest personnel make me crazy thing is you draft someone who's really good at something you draft them to do that and then you change things up and you ask them to do something totally different it's just so dumb you know and you see it a lot you know like when when the difference between three four and four three were real distinct you know you used to see those switches on defense a lot like Remember Glenn Dorsey, another LSU guy? He came out as a different type of player than he is now, but he was considered an elite Warren Sapp-like three technique. 
Chiefs draft him, and then they switch schemes the next year. You know, the next year and ask him to two-gap. I mean, he's turned out not to be a bust, but, like, I remember thinking, what on earth are you doing? You invest all this money in this guy, in this capital, in this guy to do something that's a rare trait, and then you go ask him to do something else because you change coordinators the next year. So those are things that make me absolutely bonkers. Um, our friends at SeatGeek do not. Um, I have the, the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's fantastic. Like I said, I've used it for pens tickets. Um, my wife used it recently to go to a concert with her friends. So it's very, very easy to use. Uh, she has it on her phone as well. I know all my buddies have it on their phone. And they use it for Steeler games and whatnot. So the SeatGeek app is fantastic. It's by far the easiest way to shop for tickets. You can be anywhere. And with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I actually, like I said, I just used SeatGeek to buy tickets to go to the Pens game not long ago when they won the cup. Yeah, baby. And um, my wife used it for a concert not long ago either. So SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every ticket from sports, concerts, comedy, theater. Like I said, you can use it for a lot of different things. But best of all, you guys, all my listeners, get 20 bucks off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code LONFL. Locked on NFL. LONFL. That's promo code LONFL for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. So get on that immediately. So good stuff. All right, all right. Keegan Daly asks, who are some players you're most excited to see this preseason? And it's the same every year. I mean, to be honest with you, it's the rookies. I mean, I know that's an easy way out to your question, but I love seeing them at the new level in their their uniforms for the first time. Certainly a guy like Jay Cutler fits that conversation or players that missed extensive time last year. You know, how do they look as they return? You know, you'd like to say that about older guys, you know, Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, Peterson, but they're not going to play much. You know, you're going to really have to wait till week one, week two to see how spry do these youngsters, you know, Jamal Charles look at this stage. So unfortunately, we probably won't get real good information on those guys. Um, But it's always the rookies. It's always the, the players that change teams. You know, I could say Calais Campbell, but how much is he going to play? You know, I mean, some of these high-end free agents hoping that they're motivated in the same player we thought they were and their new teams thought they were. But I don't know that you can tell that from preseason. Uh, Luke asked me, favorite all-time NFL uniform that isn't the Steelers? Um, My man Roflo would like this question. This is more up his alley. He's the uniform police. Um, I would say probably the baby blue chargers or just the chargers in general. Part of it's because of my age. I mean, a couple weeks ago I had asked, I told you guys about how I thought, uh, Don Cordell deserved to be in the hall of fame. And I very much do believe so, but I was born in 73. And as a young football fan, those chargers, the Coriel, Fouts, Jefferson, Joyner, Chandler, Muncie, Winslow chargers, were the most fun team to watch in the league by far, you know, by far. Um, so much offense, so much passing in an era that didn't have them. 
and the uniforms helped too. You know, they were electric. You know, they were high flying. They were exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with San Diego on that. Dynasty Driven asked me, "Who's your pick for AFC and NFC championship games?" Well, it's a little early, Dynasty Driven. I will be making my official picks before the season. Um, for those that have listened, I do think New England is clearly the best team in the league. I think the second tier, this is where I differ from people, is I think New England sits alone. Draw a line under them. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to put them in the AFC Championship whenever I do make my picks. But I think the, the next two teams, and I'm not sure which one I prefer, but it doesn't really matter for this conversation, is Pittsburgh, and I will be at camp tomorrow, by the way. Every Next couple Wednesdays, I'll be spending the whole day at Steelers camp, doing two shows from there. And Seattle, which I think I'm kind of on an island with Seattle. I think Seattle is loaded. I think they're the best team in the NFC. So I probably will pick Pittsburgh and New England, and I probably will pick Seattle and question mark. Atlanta's in that conversation. Uh, I think Carolina's a bounce-back team. I think the NFC East is really good, but I don't know that I see a Super Bowl contender in that group. I don't think I see a Super Bowl contender in the rest of the West, which rhymes. Um, and the North, maybe Green Bay. Um, I also like Minnesota a lot this year. And Minnesota, I think, is a team that people are not giving the credit they deserve. Um, Duncan Eastman asked me, how many years before the Jets are contenders? How long will this rebuild last? A long time. I mean, I think you need, to, Jets fans, I think you need to look at what the Browns have done under Sashi Brown and this new regime and Hugh Jackson. And year one, but the, the difference is, I mean, like the Browns did it better. You know, the, the, and I'm not even blaming the Jets that, and I don't believe in the whole tanking thing. They're not trying to lose. What they're trying to do is create tons of draft picks, create tons of cap space, play young guys. You know, does trotting David Harris and Brandon Marshall out there help you long term when you know you're not a contender? Um, you know, but what I mean by the Browns doing it better was the Browns were fantastic and continue to be at accumulating draft capital, trading down, trading for Osweiler in a second, you know, creating. Uh, compensatory picks, you know, so many, many, they, they just threw it and they will continue to just an, a, a massive invasion of youth on their team. And the Jets had a, you know, a, a, an early pick this year and probably will have an early pick next year, but they just don't have the number of rookie bodies in the draft that Cleveland did. So therefore, I mean, they have as many needs. I mean, their roster's in as bad a shape as that 1-15 team. So it's going to take a while. I mean, let's even operate under the assumption that uh, that they they pick first overall, they draft a quarterback, and he's an immediate success, and he looks like the, the franchise guy. They hit a home run there. You know, he's a, a really, really good player, really good prospect. Not even Andrew Luck, but in that category. Still, it's going to be three years after that. And even if he would, and that's really wishful thinking to begin with. I mean, let's say Hackenberg is awesome this year. It's still going to be three years after that. I mean, they need everything. I mean, that offense is putrid. Same guy, Duncan, asked me, how many years before the Pats are no longer a perennial contender? Will their dominance end after Brady, after Belichick? I would think those would, 
I, I don't know of any in- insight on this. And I don't even know if they know, but my hunch is those two will ride off in the sunset together, you know, and that would be smart. I also don't think it's a foregone conclusion that Brady's a Patriot in 2018. You know, because of the whole Garoppolo situation, who I know they really like, and I understand why they do. If Brady wins the Super Bowl this year and doesn't want to retire, but Belichick tells him maybe you should, quote, retire. I mean, I'm not saying Brady's going to end up with the Browns, but, uh, you know, Garoppolo's contract's up, and this seems like the ideal time to move on from Brady, although there's no indications he wants to do that, or by his style of play does it look like he want, you know, that he deserves to do that. Um, their roster is loaded, and they're built to win now, but they are also aren't old, with the exception of Brady. I mean, they, they do have some, you know, Brandon Cooks is an, an old guy. So, I don't think they're going away. I, I mean, how would we talk about the Pats, though, if they win the Super Bowl this year, have a really, you know, have a, a usual offseason. Immediately after the Super Bowl, Brady and Belichick say, we're retiring. Would they still be kings of the East or kings of the AFC? I tend to think that, and who would they hire? You know, would they bump up Patricia maybe? So, I mean, there's so many variables here. You know, I mean, maybe that's in place. Maybe we don't know it. That, hey, we're going to get one more year and then Patricia and Garoppolo are going to take over and we're going to move out. I mean, that could happen. I'm making stuff up as I go here. But if that were the case, let's, let's say Pats win the Super Bowl. The Pats are 14-2. and two. They have home field advantage all the way through. They win the Super Bowl yet again. Uh, Belichick and Brady both say, we're done. Thanks. It's been great. We're, gonna, we're done playing football. Patricia and Garoppolo are going to take over. I would probably still pick them to win the East in 18. I don't know that I would pick them to win the AFC, though. I mean, I think as it stands now, I think the Steelers would be stronger than them at that point. Maybe Oakland gets to that point. Um, So there you have it. Uh, Duncan also asked me, this guy's on fire. Do you think punters have a place in the Hall of Fame? Would you ever vote for one? Uh, Much like yesterday's conversation about Morton Anderson, I think punters and place kickers are equal. Um, I do think they belong. Uh, Ray Guy is in there, for those of you who don't know. He's considered you know, one of the best punters of all time. He was also a first-round pick. Um, so, yeah, I have no problem with that. It's And, yes, I would vote for one, but I, it would have to be a lean class, like I think this past one was. You know, that I, I'm not voting for one over Alan Fanica. I'm not voting for one over Edger and James. You know, I mean, I'm voting on... And so, th- that's the thing. I mean, you only get so many votes... It's not like you to say yes, no, and you end up with 20 yeses. You know, you have to pick, you know, a few. And he would have, he would lose every tiebreaker. Duncan also asks, is Teddy Bridgewater done in the NFL? If not, when do you think we'll see him again and for which team? Almost positive his contract is up after this year. Uh, They have to make a decision on Bradford. I've told you since the second they traded for Bradford that I thought Bradford was an upgrade over Bridgewater. That doesn't mean I hate Teddy. I just think Bradford's better than people think and will show us all that this year. Um, But what about like Washington? I I don't think Bridgewater's done. No. I mean, I I think a a year as a backup or healing and then he comes back, uh, I think he'll have a shot to play or be in the mix for someone somewhere next year. You know what I mean? Rams or Broncos. I mean, my first thought was Washington, though. You know, Cousins is a free agent. What, why, what if you were to not pay him a gazillion dollars, sign Bradford, and draft a guy in the first round? 
I mean, I think that's the kind of situation he'll be in the mix for. Is We're going to bring him in and hope he's progressing. Because I didn't love him. My problem, I feel like I'm like shoveling dirt on dude's grave, is I was never a big Bridgewater fan. You know, that I didn't love the player, even even though he was looking better. Um, he wouldn't be high on my list as a 100%, you know, uh, you know, healthy guy. But, I mean, I think you bring him in as a in-the-mix guy next year. John Michael asks, why is it when Melvin Gordon detractors talk about his last two seasons, they never bring up his horrendous offensive line? Uh, they absolutely should. I mean, I, I've, I've written articles recently about my thoughts on Gordon, and I've really come around on him. I like him quite a bit. Um, but their line, and, and Lamp got injured again this half of the year. I mean, is this the most cursed injury team in the world? First two picks are banged up, really banged up, you know, and they're nice players. It's it's crazy. Um, but the line should still, even with Lamp, be a little better this year. But you're right. I mean, the line has been really poor. And to piggyback off that, I think people also need to say the same thing about Rivers. Boy, he's throwing a lot of interceptions. Yeah, but he's getting such little protection. He's having to force the ball a lot, you know. So you guys know I'm a Rivers supporter. Um Phase John Michael asks, do you think the Chargers' constant injury issues are down to bad luck, or is there an issue with their with their internally strength and conditioning? I, I don't know the answer to that. It, it is getting to epic proportions, like I just mentioned, you know, that uh, this is insane. Um, I do think that some teams could be more injury-prone than others from that reason, of how they train or what they do. But that's out of my realm, man. Um, sorry. You know, I, I, I can't comment on that one way or another. And I don't even know if it's been the same staff from the, you know, as last year. So uh, my apologies. But it is something to bring up. You know, I do think uh, one of the jobs, and it's obviously a tough job, of the strength and conditioning staff is to keep your players as healthy as possible and as fresh as possible. Not necessarily just get stronger faster. Robert Godfrey asked, Hey, Matt, do you see Brock Osweiler as a viable option in Cleveland, or would that hinder the younger QBs on the roster? I'm glad you brought this up. I do not see him as a viable option at all, but he is starting the first preseason game, and I think the reasoning for that is very simple. Uh, they want to trade him. You know, I think they want to showcase him. Um, I think they want to you know, really show him off, hope he looks good, um, maybe a team that, has a quarterback injury between now and the start of the season, brings him in, or kind of like I mentioned with Bridgewater, puts him in the mix or looks at him as a backup or considered signing him when he left Denver. Um, I don't think they're going to get much. I'm talking like a six-round pick in return for the guy. But I think they're basically shopping him. I think their chips are in on Kaiser, to be very honest with you. I, I think Kaiser's the guy they're rooting for. And I think he'll be the, the quarterback that takes the most snaps this year. Uh, Luke asked another question before, but he asked in 10 years, who is the best quarterback in the league? Um, somebody that's active now, obviously, as opposed to one of these draftable players. Mariota would be probably my vote. Um, Wentz would probably be, would be very high on my list. I also like Carr and Winston, don't get me wrong. Um, but I like those two a little better in terms of what I think they'll be in 10 years from now. Luck is the easy answer, 
but he's a smidge older than those guys. I mean, I just didn't jump off the, you know, jump off the high dive and say luck because is he still playing or, you know, is he barely hanging on at that stage? Quarterbacks play a long time. Luck would probably be my answer, followed by Mariota. And I think Mariota is going to be a superstar. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 All right, let's get back at this. Mika Greenbaum asked me, would the Cowboys have been better with Ramsey over Zeke? I think yes. Or Bosa over Zeke. It's not what he asked, but I'm talking about guys that went right in that those three picks in a row. Um, I think yes, that um, just because the positions they play, and I think I'm gonna I threw Bosa in the equation. Bosa, Zeke, and Ramsey to me still a year later are all give or take equally as impressive, as good at what they do, as promising going forward. All are very much living up to the the pick where they were picked and higher. And I realize that Elliott put the team on his back um, and they would be a much different team with Ramsey or Bosa instead of Elliott. But they also would have drafted somebody. I mean, if by chance they would have landed Jordan Howard, you know, like I would much rather have, you know, Howard and Ramsey than Elliott and whoever their fourth round pick was last year. You know, a a defensive player, a a middle round defensive player, insert name. Um, Or, you know, just an average running back. It's it's not a slam dunk. I mean, I, I always would take the corner of the pass rusher over the running back, but certainly having Elliott there made Prescott's life so much easier and Ramsey and Bosa wouldn't have done that. So there is that element to it. I mean, would we talking about would we be talking about Dak as a clear franchise type quarterback if Elliott were not in the mix or if they had a weakness there or if it was Darren McFadden at running back? Um, probably not, but still, that line sure makes life easy on running backs. Uh, so, I think a stud corner, like I said, I think Bosa and Ramsey are going to be defensive player of the year type guys. You know, I mean, I think they're going to be perennial pro bowlers. Not that Zeke isn't, but I think they're studs. Um, I would have went with, I, I think the defensive player would have more value. If I were the Cowboys and Jacksonville said, hey, we'll give you Ramsey for Elliott, I would say yes. Caleb Smith asks, realistic expectations for the Titans go progress you know and, I, and you can say that about a lot of teams you know like do I think the Titans could realistically win the Super Bowl this year no do I think they could realistically win 10 or 11 games if things go really well and they win the division and they win a postseason game yes so is that my realistic expectation for them no but that would be about as high a bar as I could imagine Tennessee reaching this year, which would be great. I mean, that's a heck of a season for anybody. Um, I had mentioned Mariota earlier that I think he's going to be a superstar quarterback. I want to see him take another big step forward this year. That would be almost enough. You know what I mean? Like, 
if a year from now we're saying, boy, Mariota's already one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, that would be enough of an accomplishment out of the 2017 season to make um, Tennessee fans, you know, have a highly relevant team for years to come. Um, I think Corey Davis is going to be a star. And in the meantime, I think their passing game will be much improved. Decker, I think, is a big help as well. Uh, I still think they'll run the ball really well. I could see Henry's role growing. Defense concerns me a little bit, though. I mean, I kind of feel like this upcoming offseason, which I can't believe we're talking about offseasons, they haven't played a game yet, will be very heavy defensive-oriented. I, I still think they have some pieces missing there. But if their defense was league average this year, their offense was above league average, and Mariota, Davis, to a lesser degree, Henry, uh, are who we thought they were, that would be great. I mean, that would be great. Uh, to me, that those are realistic expectations. Uh, Spencer Valderrama asked, Sylvester Valderrama, I'm sorry. Um, oh, I skipped on here. Joe Gear asked, who should the Jags give extensions to? Telvin Smith, Lee, or Robinson? Telvin Smith, for sure. Um, they are kind of loaded at the linebacker position, but Pazlesny's up in age. Telvin Smith's great for what they do. Covers so much range. Um, Telvin Smith, for sure, is a keeper. I'd like to see more from Lee, but I tend to think no. Um, it's easy to blame Bortles for Robinson's falling back to earth last year, and certainly he deserves blame. Uh, but I think Robinson, too, was a little disappointing in his own right last year. Um, I wouldn't sign him like the second, but I would like to see what he has this year, and then I think he is a keeper. I mean, I tend to lean towards keeping him. Um, so... I, Lee probably leaves. They did draft D.D. Westbrook. They probably need a tight end and a wide receiver this offseason. Telvin Smith would be the first guy locked up. I mentioned Sylvester uh, Valderrama was asking a question here. Do people make too much about preseason game one starting quarterback? Wouldn't you want rookies like Kaiser and Watson to get more reps as number two? Uh, certainly that has made too big a deal. I mean, that doesn't even necessarily mean they're the leader in the clubhouse for... Uh, being the starter, um, I really don't care if Simeon or Lynch starts game one. You know, And sometimes the thing they'll do, too, is, hey, Trevor, you start game one. Paxton, you'll start game two. You know, so, so, therefore, you can get those guys with the number one offensive line against the best defense with the you know, ones versus ones. Uh, I think that's an easier eval than, hey, play with the twos and mix in some threes. Um, by that, I mean second stringers, third stringers. Um, I think ideally you'd just love to say, boy, Kaiser and Watson are clearly our best quarterback right now. We're going to start them. He's our starter. I have that already decided. Um, but that's a little unrealistic. You know, it's April 8th. Um, so, yeah, I would not look into it. And I mentioned Osweiler, too. I mean, sometimes there's some shenanigans involved where let's get uh, Brock out there and maybe somebody will uh, have a little interesting uh uh, give us a, a little nugget for him, perhaps. So that's my little nugget for today. Twitter Tuesday. Uh, I probably won't do a show tomorrow. These next Wednesdays, I'm pretty much traveling and in Latrobe, St. Vincent's College, all day doing two radio shows with a gap in between where I'll work on some articles. But I don't have a place to do a podcast. Um, I'll be in the media room. I can't be yapping into my microphone. And then I get home at like 11 o'clock at night. So. Probably the next Wednesday or two will not have 
uh, any locked on action. But I have been throwing these shorts at you from time to time. Like yesterday, I just threw out Anquan Bolden to the Bills. I think it was like a four or five minute podcast. But a lot of people seem to really like the shorts. Uh, get back to me on that too. I'm curious what you guys think of these shorts. You know, they're real easy to listen. Boom, hit play. Uh, boom, they're done. You know, it's just a quick take. Uh, but people seem to be really into those. So that has been successful. Drop me a line at Twitter. Uh, we maybe we'll even do Twitter Thursday as well. You know, there was a lot of questions today. I didn't get to all of them. Um, so we have not talked from you guys' side enough lately. So there we have it. All right, guys. Everyone enjoy. Over and out. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.